Hi everyone and thanks for tuning into Beats Research Radio, a podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to bringing our community closer to research in the science and engineering fields. My name is Ibrahim Alechi and I'm a student from the TMM program at UOttawa and I'll be your host on today's special podcast episode for the Science Communications TMM 4950 course. Here with us today is special guest Dr. Errol Thompson, an adjunct professor and research scientist associated with the University of Ottawa, the Environmental Health Science and Research Bureau, and Health Canada. His main research interests concern air pollution and its impact on health. His laboratory studies the ways in which tiny particles that make up air pollution can affect the human body. Dr. Thompson has several publications in high-impact journals informing the world of these dangers and how they can affect all of us. Welcome. We are so happy to have you on Beats Research Radio. Thanks for having me here. So let's get right into it. Our topic today will be focusing on his recent paper that talks about diesel exhaust and its effects on stress hormone levels. We want to start off by asking what is air pollution, specifically traffic-related air pollution? So air pollution is contamination of the air from any source. Uh, It's a mixture of gases and particles that can harm health. Um, Virtually the entire population of the planet is breathing air that exceeds World Health uh, Organization guidelines for pollution. So um, combustion, like burning things, is a major contributor to air pollution. And in urban areas, traffic is an important source. So pollutants from vehicle exhaust include particles, those, those tiny particles that remain suspended in the air, gases like nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, benzene, and other chemicals. I can also come from non-combustion sources such as brake wear and tire wear. I see. So with that in mind, your research shows that traffic-related air pollution is involved with stress. How would you define stress and how do you measure the relationship between traffic-related air pollution and stress hormones? Yeah, so that's a great question because stress has been defined in, in many different ways. We typically think of stress as the feeling we experience when demands of our lives uh, feel like they're exceeding our capacity to deal with them, right? Um, stress responses are normal. They're actually vital for survival. They prime us to fight or flight. Um, you know, this, the stress hormones that are released help control many processes in the body, including immune responses to infection, how the body manages blood sugar levels. Uh, they also communicate with the brain and affect mood and cognition. There are lots of ways that stress responses have been examined. And in our, in our study, we looked at the stress hormone called uh, cortisol. It's produced by uh, the adrenal glands. These sit on top of the kidneys. And when our brain uh, receives a signal indicating some threat, it sends messages that eventually result in increased production of cortisol. This goes into the bloodstream and virtually every cell in the body can react to cortisol. So this makes it a very quick and powerful way to prime the body to respond to a stressor. Oh, I see. So my follow-up uh, question to that would then be, is the stress we receive in our daily lives, like school, work, etc., the same as the stress caused by the air pollution effect? Right. So, you know, we may be aware of some sources of stress, like an upcoming exam or a deadline, yeah. whereas other sources of stress may be less apparent, right? So if, if air pollution acts as a stressor causing the release of stress hormones, we may not really be aware that this is happening. But the biological effects, so that the toll that chronic stress takes on us may be similar. That's super interesting. And so now we would like to get a bit into the details of the actual paper. So what was the question you were trying to answer in the study? 
So this might not be uh, well appreciated in Canada, but air pollution is actually one of the leading causes of death worldwide. And even in Canada, it's estimated that air pollution um, leads to over 15,000 premature deaths each year. We've known for a long time that it's linked to respiratory and cardiovascular disease, but more recently, it's also been associated with a huge variety of diseases such as type 2 diabetes, obesity, depression, cognitive decline, and dementia. And these, as you can imagine, uh, impose a huge uh, public health burden. So a key question we ask sure. is how can exposure to air pollution contribute to this wide variety of diseases? And in my lab, uh, we found that air pollution can trigger these stress responses. We know that chronic stress is bad for our health. Um, and so we thought that this might explain how air pollution is linked to these diseases. So in this study, we asked whether short-term exposure to diesel exhaust increased levels of the stress hormone cortisol. If it did, this would show that exposure to a common uh, traffic-related air pollutant could provoke a stress response. Absolutely. And so then how did you go about answering that question? So like the steps you took to answering it? So we measured cortisol levels in blood samples obtained from participants before and after um, exposure to diesel exhaust or air. And this was part of a study conducted with our collaborator, uh, Chris Carlston and colleagues at the University of British Columbia. Essentially, this study had a randomized double-blind crossover design. And what that means is that uh, participants did not know on any given week which exposure they would receive. So on one week, some participants would be exposed to diesel exhaust, whereas others would be exposed to air. And then this would be swapped in, a, in another week. And this is a really powerful study design because it allows us to look at how an individual responds uh, to diesel exhaust compared to air under conditions that are otherwise very similar. I see. And so uh, how many participants would you say you had uh, in the study? So we had 19 participants, roughly uh, even male and female. Okay. And did any of these participants have pre-existing medical conditions or use medications right. that could affect this? Yeah. So 14 uh, of them uh, were diagnosed with asthma and uh, the participants were also asked to refrain from using certain asthma medications and, and vitamins. And so why was that? So how would asthma medication or even vitamins affect the cortisol levels? Right. Well, one of the questions we were interested in exploring was whether antioxidant supplementation might affect um, the, the response. So on a given week, participants were given either an antioxidant called N-acetylcysteine or a placebo pill. So they didn't know what treatment they were getting. And so we asked participants not to take vitamin supplements outside the study as this could complicate interpretation of effects. And the same thing is true for uh, asthma med medication, which uh, could modify the cortisol response. So we asked that these be avoided as well. Okay, so then in this case, what exactly is an acetylcysteine? And is it something the general population consumes regularly? Like, how does it work? What's its role? Right. So it can act as an antioxidant in several ways. And one of these is as a precursor for um, glutathione, which is an important antioxidant uh, that acts to scavenge free radicals. And these free radicals are, they're unstable molecules. They can react and cause damage to DNA and other parts of the cell. And while they're produced in, in normal processes, if there are excess numbers, they can contribute to disease and aging. So consumption of antioxidants, whether through diet or by taking antioxidant supplements is something that happens regularly in the population. 
Okay, so then during that, uh, the actual experiment, how, how would you stimulate, uh, stimulate the effects of air pollution? Right, so participants were exposed uh, in a booth, small room, uh, to diluted diesel exhaust or to air. And this is similar to exposures they might experience on a street with busy diesel traffic, but instead the exposure is happening in a lab under controlled conditions. Oh, I see. That's actually super interesting. And so my last question relating to the methods is, as we know, many people are different, right? Like many people differ physically. So do genetics play a role in an individual's risk? Yeah, great question. This is a question scientists are still studying. Um, but yes, it is thought that individual characteristics, including our genes and existing disease states, uh, play a role in an individual's risk. Okay. And so now uh, let's talk about the results, the most exciting part of research. So what was observed in each group? So we found that when people were exposed for a short time to diesel exhaust, their cortisol levels were higher compared to when they were exposed to air. And this was a rapid and transient effect, meaning that cortisol levels rose during exposure and returned to their usual levels soon after. Um, diesel exhaust increased blood cortisol levels in both males and females, uh, but this was particularly seen in people diagnosed with asthma or those with genetic variations that could impact their ability to mount uh, an uh, antioxidant response to air pollution. So treatment with that antioxidant that we just talked about, it tended to reduce, but didn't eliminate the effect of diesel exhaust on cortisol. I see. And would you say you were expecting these types of results? So um, based on our prior work with other pollutants, we'd expected that if diesel exhaust caused a stress response, we'd see a rapid increase in stress hormones. And that is indeed what we saw. Okay, and so uh, my follow-up question is, what are the health implications of having higher cortisol levels when exposed to traffic-related air pollution? So our study looked at immediate effects of a short-term exposure to diesel exhaust, but it's important to consider that um, we are exposed to traffic-related air pollution all the time. If True. air pollutants act as chronic stressors, then we might think that some of the effects of air pollution may well be quite similar to effects of chronic stress, right? And this is what we see in large population studies. Air pollution, like chronic stress, is linked with heart disease, high blood pressure, metabolic abnormalities, cognitive changes, depression, among others. Absolutely. So now uh, let's discuss a little bit about the future. So everybody's always talking about the present and worried about the present, but sometimes we have to act now to improve our uh, future lives. So my question is, how are your findings significant for the daily lives of individuals? Is it something people should be worried about? So there's now compelling evidence that air pollution can affect health down to really, really low levels. There just there doesn't seem to be a safe level of air pollution. So our findings add to the large body of evidence um, linking air pollution and poorer health by providing some evidence of a biological uh, explanation for this relationship. I see. And so what do you recommend to reduce our risk from traffic, uh, traffic pollution? Are there already existing uh, interventions that are uh, useful? So this is the challenge, right? Because uh, we don't have individual control over the air that we breathe. We have to breathe the air around us. And so I'd say that by understanding what exactly in the air may be responsible for these effects on health, 
we can make decision, decisions um, at a societal level about reducing emissions of harmful contaminants. Uh, on an individual level, we can take steps uh, to reduce our exposure by avoiding uh, high traffic areas to the extent that we are able to, but this is not always feasible, uh, especially in an urban environment. Uh, we can also consider how we design cities to reduce exposures. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it sounds like, as you said, at a societal level, have a bigger impact because it's more difficult at an individual level to really make a big and impactful change, especially considering that many people live in uh, urban cities and are forced to breathe uh, that type of air, either due to going to work or just walking outside. But that said, I would like to finish off by asking, what do you hope to see in future studies regarding this topic? So we still have work to do to understand to what extent the many pollutants in the air individually uh, and in combination affect health. And this would help us target specific pollutants for action. I'd also say that um, exposure to air pollution always occurs within a context, right? There, and, and exposure to other stressors. And these could be things like noise or poor diet. So understanding in a more holistic sense uh, how exposure to multiple stressors affects health will be important to gain real-world insight into factors affecting vulnerable populations. That sounds great. Hopefully we get to see some insight on that in the future. So this brings us uh, to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of our director, Dr. Emilio Alarcon, and the whole Beats Research Radio team, we thank you all for tuning in. Beats Radio is supported by the University of Ottawa Heart Institute, the Beats Laboratory, and the Department of Biochemistry, Microbiology, and Immunology at the University of Ottawa. Don't forget to follow our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube uh, platforms to stay in the loop of our latest uploads. Wishing everyone good health. See you all next week.